the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, the world's view of truth. The main reading for this session is Romans chapter 12. So tonight we are looking at the world and how we see it. And last week our question was if we grew up in a different place, in a different culture, would we see the world in a different light? Um, what do we think? Quite possibly. Quite possibly, yes. Um, of course the argument, I remember... Um, uh, about Ravi, they said, "Well, if you know, they, they were saying if you were, if you were brought up in India, you would be a Muslim or Hindu." And he said, "Well, look, look at me. So I, I was brought up there, but the Lord changed me because because His revelation and truth when we really get so our worldview, um, worldview of truth, and of course we all have rose tinted spectacles because of our, of where we come from and where we live and our culture. Of course, centrally, we looked right back at the beginning. Our three central questions really define our worldview. They are where do we come from." Uh, who we are, um, why is the world in such a shape, what, we, what can we do to fix it, and where are we going? All those great questions, who, why, and where. And um, they really define um, our worldview. This is uh, uh, taken from a real trans- transcript of a uh, case in, in court by an, uh, what we call an optimistic lawyer. Again, rose tinted spectacles, how he sees things. The lawyer, um, he's got a witness on the stand. Obviously, the witness is um, the coroner or a doctor of some description. The lawyer says, doctor, before you perform the postmortem, did you check the pulse? Uh, doctor, coroner, uh, no. Lawyer, did you check the blood pressure? Doctor, no. Did you check for breathing? Doctor, no. So then is it possible that the patient was actually... Uh, was actually alive when you began the post-mortem? Doctor, no. How can he be so sure, doctor? Because his brain was sitting on my desk in a jar. Doesn't finish, you know. Lawyer, but could the patient have still been alive nevertheless? Doctor says, yeah, it, could be, it would be possible he could be alive and practicing law somewhere. Um, you know what? We can have such a a rose-tinted view, a, a blinkered view that it doesn't matter what anyone says or anything. Um, but the great thing about it is that God asks us. He doesn't tell, never tells us to throw our brain out the window because he's, he's given us the ability to think and to see and to perceive um, and to see what's going on. We all have a, 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 a worldview, different spectacles, and this is what, how they define a worldview. Uh, some big words, I suppose. A, pre, a set of presuppositions or assumptions, something you already agreed to, which we hold, whether we think it or not, subconsciously or consciously, about the basic makeup of the world. Something we assume. Um, of course, because we're brought up in, in our culture, I mean, certainly our age group, not so much the younger ones today, we, we had a, 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 a quite a good worldview of 
the Bible. We would read the Bible every day in school, or mostly. We had assembly. So we had some idea of a great God, um, and the Bible was held in esteem. Now, of course, as we see in a moment, everything's mixed together. It's called, the word is called syncretism. Nothing new, nothing new in the sun. The, the book, book of Colossians deals with that. Um, and of course, ultimately, we've got to say, look, here's Jesus. Uh, in the funeral today, I just said, look, Jesus stands unmatched, unparalleled above anybody and everything. And when you look at him, when you see him, when you examine him, he's still the way, the truth, and the life. We'll read that later. He's still the answer. He's still the key uh, to all that we are. So worldview. Now, the world, the Bible says the world is always, we just read it, is trying to squeeze us, squeeze us. The Bible warns us very clearly about friendship with the world, loving the world, being spotted by the world, being soiled by the world, and of course, not to be squeezed by the world. Let's have a look and let's define what the world is, because a lot of people have many different ideas what the world is, but the Bible gives us a good definition. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. So, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Now, the Bible says, Ephesians 2, uh, before we came to the Lord, we were dead in sins and transgressions, Ephesians 2, and we walked according to the course, prince of the power, the other darkness. See, the devil is in control of the world system. Um, so that then, then our, our battle is always against principalities and powers, isn't it? Now, of course, he works through people, and sometimes uh, he works through us, doesn't he? What did he say to Peter? Peter gave behind me, Satan. And uh, so the, the worldview, we all have a worldview, and we see things sometimes not as it should be. Remember the 3D films? Um, depends if, if, you, if you've got a one bonky eye, you wouldn't see the 3D film anyway. But if you've got good, uh, good, both good eyes and you, you put those glasses on, if you've ever seen a 3D film, you're jumping back, and you? You take them off and actually it just looks blurred. It's, it's a, a bit of trickery going on there and, and the glasses dissociate in the, the, the images so you see it. And um, that's what the devil loves to do. He loves to distort the truth um, and just... He doesn't mind what he does. He muddies the waters. Do you notice that? He muddies the waters. And we come to the end, right at the end, we've got to be careful we don't get muddied as well. Because the world is, is good at squeezing and manipulating and throwing things into our path that we think are true, but not according to God's word. Of course, sadly, past experiences cloudy and, and color our thinking about certain things. We're not dealing with that. We'll be dealing with that later on. Hurts and and people and circumstances, unanswered prayer, or what we think are unanswered prayer, but God has answered them. He, answer, he hasn't answered them in our way. And that all cloudies us and colors us. And that's why we need to regularly come before the Lord so we are clean. The Word cleans us and changes our thinking because we can think God works that way because He worked that way with me. Never ever create what we call a theology out of my experience. Always a bad mistake to do. Oh, it didn't work that way for me, so the, no, no. If God says it in his word, just because it didn't happen that way to you, doesn't mean it's wrong or right. God's word is always right. Well, culture, of course, depending which way where we live, and of course this chap, is, um, um, he, he, he throws one in, uh, with something called animism, which you will find in generally in Africa, where they give everything, everything a, uh, 
living quality, a, a living spirit where they look to their ancestors, there's spirits everywhere, and if something goes wrong, they've, they've offended a spirit. And um, we would look at that and say, what, what, what are you giving plants and rocks and animals living things and living spirits and all that? Of course, again, remember, if that's what they've been taught, from, and, and of course, fear can grip our mind. And of course, if you've been gripped by fear and, the, and the, the shaman and the witch doctor hold great power because they are the ones who are the experts, they say, in, in spirits and all those kind of things, they, they are behoven to those. And, and that's why I, I remember one of our um, uh, missionaries, I'm not sure which one it was, Salter or, or one of those, and they, they went to, to, the, to Africa and uh, when the witch doctor came down the road, everyone got out of the way. Only two men, they said, would stand up to the witch doctor. Was the missionary and a man called, uh, it was Tommy Parr's brother. Tommy Parr was uh, nearly every weight champion in the world. Didn't care for anybody. But one of our, our ministers, he did, he did say, um, this witch doctor was giving him real difficulty. So he did go and visit him and he put his coat on. He said, excuse me a minute, Lord. And he, he, he took him into the tent and gave him what I did. He took the kingdom by force. I don't, I'll, I'll read, but he, he didn't have any trouble with him after. I know that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we think like that. Um, those spirits. And, that, and, of course, if you brought them in India, you have 330 million gods. How confusing. How confusing. And, and, and if a cow comes... You've seen it, haven't you? A cow comes across the road. Everything stops for that cow to walk across. I tell you what, he'd be my boot. But, so, so, but again, we, we think that's nonsensical. But millions of people are blinded by that because they're brought up in that system. Buddhism, again, no God at all. That, of course, all about reincarnation. You're good. Um, and, and, and coming back and paying for the past, uh, Ravi is, any, any of this kind of thinking, Ravi is still the best, gone home to glory now, but great thinker, and he, he was talking to one of the, the highest Buddhists once out in Thailand, and he said, um, who's, who's the, the greatest Buddhist? He, she said, oh, Dalai Lama. Oh, absolutely. No, he said, no, tell me true now, uh, the, 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 Aim of Buddhism is to get to a place where you don't desire or will anything. Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. That's, that is true. He said, can you tell me when, why the Dalai Lama desires and wishes and wills Tibet to be independent? He said, oh, she said, she's taken aback. Taken aback. And he said, you know what? You, you, you believe in reincarnation. You die. You pay for the, you come back and you're paying for the, for the sins of, or, or the things you did in the last life. He said, obviously, there's, there's, fine, there's always got to be a, a first, first born. Absolutely, she said. He said, what was he paying for then? The one who was first. What was he paying for? You see, taking their thought processes and actually applying logic and reason. You don't do, people say, oh, no, no, no. You don't need to do, use that. Yes, you do. Be reasonable and rational and take hold of that which is true and apply it. And of course, uh, you can see it and um, even, you know, we intelligent people, listen to this, in Thailand where Buddhism is the dominant religion, university professor said that he did not know a single intellectual that was not an animist. The president of the university at which he taught consulted spirits for making major decisions. It's amazing isn't it? how blind we can be when we don't want to see the truth. 
and we don't want to see the truth. Of course, there we are. Um, it's called manna, that, that spirit in, in animism, good and evil spirits. And of course, we've got to have an expert uh, so you can make some money, of course. There's always experts trying to get there. Now, of course, in, in our world where we were brought up, um, of course, in the last maybe, uh, what we'll say, 100, 150 years, modernism, science has been our god, isn't it? What did someone say? A professor in a university? Has anyone seen God? Has anyone heard God? Has anyone touched God? Therefore, God does not exist. How tough is that? Because what they've said is science has got to be something you can touch, taste, smell. Our senses have got to be used if it's, if it's real. That's not even science. Thankfully, science has come on a little bit now where they talk... I didn't ever did it because it was before when I did physics called quantum physics, where they say that there's new realities that we can't see. In fact, there could be 10 or 11 dimensions. So even now, thankfully, science always catches up with the Lord. Uh, and um, what does the Lord say? 2 Corinthians 4. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. But on what is unseen, and what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. See, the Bible tells us what is unseen is eternal. What we can see now here is temporal, and we understand that. Um, this building will be here longer than us, but it'll eventually decay. Um, of course, when we've been taught the supernatural is non-existent, of course, the church has been influenced by that, isn't it? And we have a part of the church that don't believe in the supernatural, don't believe in the miraculous. Um, even even some who love, love God's word, and I, I love listening to some of them, but they say that the age of miracles is gone. And I think because they've been influenced by this kind of thinking, because the Bible, I just read it even today, that Jesus said, you will know me, you will follow me, and greater works than these shall you do. Now, that's his words, not mine. Greater works than these shall you do. So we, we, we influence, and now we take the miraculous out of it. And as soon as we take the miraculous, we lost the Bible, haven't we? Because the incarnation is gone, the, the virgin birth incarnation, the, the resurrection. And so that modernistic view of um, uh, we can't see it, um, natural, supernatural, spiritual things are irrelevant to daily life. And the Bible says they are more relevant than our, our, our natural life, in fact, because they're going to be lasting forever. Of course, the reality is defined by only what we can see, touch, and measure. So we have a world that is captivated by the here and now, by their physical form. And of course, what's the greatest, the, 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 the one that, uh, the, the surgery that is making more money than anything else is booming? Plastic surgery, isn't it? Beauty therapies and all that kind of thing. And uh, I know young people in their 20s have been surgery. What do you do in having surgery at 20? Because they don't like their nose, or they don't like their chin, or, or chins, no? Um, or they don't, yeah, but because, why? Because we've been taught it's all physical. And you know what? It doesn't matter how much you do. In 50 years' time, yeah, I won't be picking those weights up anymore. My, my knee went yesterday, and I'm thinking, oh, the knees go in, and this is going. Why? Because it's not the reality. This is not the reality. Now, the Bible says, look after your body, it's a temple of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to have a new one. Bless the Lord. They will never decay. So that's the modern view which has pervaded our land and pervaded the Western world. But of course, 
Then we have um, something called the postmodern, which again has, has influenced us and our young people, especially today. Although I'll, I'll just say, really, that's a bit, a bit untrue and hip hypocritical, because I'll tell you now why. Nietzsche said, What did he say? Um, there are many kinds of eyes, and consequently, there are many kinds of truth, and consequently, there is no truth. Postmodernism really comes down to it there's no truth, therefore, there's no meaning, and there's no certainty. Well, let me tell you that. Let me tell you, you don't want someone who's thinking like that in charge of your plane, do you? You don't want a doctor who has that kind of view. You want, you want to be able to pick up your pill bottle and know if it says aspirin, there's going to be aspirin in it. I, I don't, you know what? I, I can jump. I can jump about four foot. Four foot and, and, and land quite comfortably. I'll go to a, into a plane and think, I can manage What's, what, four foot, 10,000 foot, does it make any difference? My belief, yes, I, I, I believe I can do it. It's true. I'll ignore this, the, the actual law, the physical law of gravity, which is true. <laughs> I can ignore it if I didn't have a, have a, a parachute. But when I come down, it'll only be one jump, wouldn't it? It'll only be one jump. Um, so you see... We, we want to think like that. We want, what, it, what it's saying is my truth is as good as anyone else's truth. Um, there's, no, um, there's no such thing as objective truth. Well, of course, you take God out of the picture, and there is no objective truth, is there? Because if we're all people, we're all equal, so my thinking, my truth is as valid as yours. But because God is a creator, he's above and beyond what he says, is absolutely true. Absolutely true. There's no things of objective truth. Everyone has their own version of truth. Don't we see that, don't we? Don't you tell me what to say. How dare you say I can't do it? You were, you in, what are we, intolerant, prejudiced, phobic? Because sometimes, we, and there's no debate anymore, you can't, you can't challenge their thinking because you think you challenge them as a person, which is rubbish. I work with people who, are, who, who live lives which I think, mm, but I work with them. And I love them, and I, I, and I would tell them they are wrong and tell them these things, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be judging them because I'm, I'm living with them and working with them. But, of course, we, they can't see that. They can't see that. You're rejecting me. Now, what's an absolute? What's an absolute? An unchanging point of reference that you gauge a certain position of right and wrong. An unchanging point of reference which you gauge a certain position of right and wrong. Thankfully, that's why we have God's word. The world changes, we change, it is unchanging. What it says is right and what it says is wrong. And when people say, well, I'm not sure about that, let me tell you, God's will always be just, always be uh, vindicated, always be vindicated. Of course, this isn't a new system, is it? No, of course not. Where do we find it? The devil hasn't got any new plans, let me tell you. Let's go back to the beginning, Genesis 3. And you must not touch it, or you will die. 
you will not truly die, the surgeon said to the woman. But God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and there they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. There we are. You will be gods. Redefine good and evil my way. It's the oldest lie. It's the oldest deception. Because why? Because I want to be my own God. Of course I do. I want to do my own thing. I don't want anyone interfering. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. It's our own nature. And we love that. And of course, it, again, it's read his head. So now, according to polls, 57% of American adults say knowing right or wrong is a matter of personal experience. Well, let's hope they're not piloting my plane or dishing me out um, tablets if it's personal experience because, you know, that it can really <laughs> be sincere, mean it or not. You can be sincerely wrong, can't you? Uh, but be very sincere. Um, and, of course, that changes then millennials. Three, three quarters of, of them believe that, that uh, whatever is right for your life or works best for you is the only truth you can know. What a dangerous place to be. So now, of course, with that thinking, you can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't tell me I'm a sinner. So now the church is, is trying to be forced into changing its views on living together in sin, homosexuality. Good, you can list them, list them all. Why? Because truth isn't truth anymore. My truth is as good as your truth. And it's, it's based on pure If that's how I am, if that's why I was created, because they say that's how I was created, well... The trouble is, every, every person in prison can say that. That's an excuse. A paedophile can say, this is how I was made. Does that make it right? Of course it doesn't. I, 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 got, a, I, got, a, I got a temper. If I kill you, well, like as I was made. No, no, no. There's it's no justification for sin. Even that's our natural bent. That's called sin. And, of course, God's got the answer for that. So there we are. That's our postmodern. Um, thankfully, here we go to our biblical worldview. Truth does exist. Hallelujah. God is truth. Faith and logic are not incompatible. Some of us are not very logical, but that doesn't matter. It is not incompatible. Because you can't take the truth. It is coherent. It can be proven. It can be looked at. It can be, and then it can be experienced as well. Let's read a couple of verses from the Word of God. Psalm 119, um, 89 and 90. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. There we are. Again, he links it to creation. He links it to creation. The earth is his. He established it. So who knows best? What we've said so many times. I think I know better than, than the manual of my car. Go ahead then, Dave. Have you ever, have you ever um, seized the engine? I've seized the engine of a car. Um, I, I just didn't check the oil. I thought the oil was plenty. And then it's, it, I was driving down. I was going to my an exam in, in university. 
broke down outside Castle Koch, seized the engine, and I had to get to City Hall. Aye. It was, um, I didn't have time to think about the exam then. But it didn't matter what I think. The, the manual said three and a half litres of oil. Oh, I can get away with two, can't I? Yeah, you carry on, Dave. You'll go up for a bit until the engine says, seize up, and that's gone. So God's word is true. Uh, I've got some other words. Psalm 119, 151, 152. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. True. They are absolutely, his commands are true. Whatever he says is true. We can't improve on them. The world looks at those um, commandments and, and does say they're not the, not the first four, but the, 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 uh, the, the six that are deal with man. Can't better those, can they? Can't better those commandments. Why? Because they're true. They don't alter. They don't change. God is true. Um, he can't lie, as we said before. Hebrews 6, 18 to 19. By two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. So he can't lie. Now again, we can apply God's word, prove it, look at it. I did miss a verse out. Go back to Mosnay. When we take God out of the picture, what happens? Uh, thankfully, God it, it reveals it, shows it what happens. Uh, Psalm 14, it is. Uh, 1 to 4. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any one to stand who seek God. They have all turned aside, they have all together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no matter where. Have all the workers no equity in knowledge, who eat at all my people as they eat bread, and do not call on the Lord. The fool said in his heart, there's no God. And of course, there are consequences of that, and the consequences are very clear. Corrupt, decay, um, destroy, ruin, loathe, detest, abominable deeds, no one does good, no one seeks God when they say they take God out of the picture. Now, of course, again, we can apply a bit of thinking um, when we come to God's view of things. When I buried someone today, the question is, what happens when you die? Well, Hinduism... Buddhism, other isms may teach you that when a soul dies, it is reincarnated in another form. Okay. Atheists believe that we have no soul and when we die, our existence simply ends. Although I notice most people still want heaven, don't they? We notice that. Postmodernism says that you can make up whatever you want to believe and as long as you don't hurt anyone else, it's fine. If you were happy with it, you were okay. Christianity teaches that, uh, that you have a soul which will have a new body when we resurrected, which will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. Now, they can all be wrong, but they can't all be right. True. 
Now, all those theories, truths, truisms, if you like, can all be wrong, but they cannot all be right because they contradict each other. See, truth is exclusive, but so is religion, isn't it? And, and when they say, oh, Buddhism and Hinduism are all inclusive, you live there as a Christian, it'll show how inclusive it is. You go to India today, and uh, the government is squeezing Christians and some is Muslims, but more so Christians, because they want a Hindu system. Um, you, you go to Buddhists, or they, they, their monks are, are pretty, uh, until you cross them, and, and they give the Christians a good paste in. See, everything is exclusive. Of course, Islam, everything. All religions, truth is exclusive, but there can only be one right. Man said in the, in the biblical view, truth is what is that which is ultimately, finally, and absolutely real, or the way it is, and therefore is utterly trustworthy and dependable, being grounded and anchored in God's own reality and truth. God is truth. He cannot lie. So when he says something, we can bank on it. We can put our lives on it. Now you say, well, dear, if I don't understand that particular scripture, look, get in the queue. But if God has declared it, believe it, trust it, because he'll always come through. There can only be one true answer, of course. Now, we've got to be careful um, because we are prone to mix and match. Because, i tell you why. Um, sometimes we don't die to the old man, do we? Oh, no, no. We, 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 we've, we've come to know the Lord, absolutely. Remember, we talked about the heart on Sunday. We've got to continually bring it to the Lord, surrender our lives day by day. We've got to die to myself, deny myself, pick up my cross and follow me. Why? Because we, we'll, we'll still take from our worldview or our own circumstances, our own experiences and mix them up. And that, let me tell you, that is, can be very dangerous and is definitely incompatible with what we believe. I want this. Now, we go back to Africa, and uh, we're talking about animism again, but this is what happened. Two examples. Um, uh, they, these two men were in church, and um, the one saw some sin in another, pretty grave sin, and he, he said, you know, brother, you shouldn't really, that is that's pretty bad, you shouldn't be doing that. Instead of the friend thanking him and going dealing with the sin, he became very, very angry. <laughs> yeah, so soft we do. Oh, dare you. Don't be soft. And, but this is what he said. Listen to what he said. I will never forgive you for this. That's a bit serious now. I'll tell the church that I do because I know I'm supposed to forgive, but my tribe, the Ingus tribe, don't forgive. You see, what he was doing, he was keeping a little bit of that culture, that the way that he thought, the way that he was taught, and mixing it with Christianity. Instead of saying, look, this is what God's word says, Oh, and I'm going to apply it. Well, it goes against my grain. It goes against how I was taught. And of course, we've all been, we all have all different family backgrounds, been taught different ways. We take God's word out about this one. Evangelical Mission, Evangelical Mission Agency was ready to hand over leadership of the church they had planted to African leaders. Two men were positioned, presented for the position. One of them went to the local witch doctor to secure a charm to enhance his chances of being chosen as a leader for the church. <laughs> what was that man saying that he really believed? 
he was really saying, I'm not sure about the power of God. I really believe, still believe, in a little bit of this witch doctor. Now, before, 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 before we point the finger, let me just say, what about our words and our actions? Some, we all believe in the power of prayer. But does the way we spend our time bear that out? See, now that we're getting a bit close personal, aren't we? I believe in prayer. If I believe in prayer, well, let's have a look at your prayer life. Let's have a look at how much you come and pray. Or will you rely upon yourself to actually leave prayer as a last resort? How many Christians read their horoscopes? Harmless fun, Dave. Is it? Bible's pretty clear. Alternative medicines. Acupuncture. You can list them all if you want. I remember talking to someone, um, he'd been a Christian a long, long time, and uh, one of the, uh, I was talking to a lady, and, and the lady had, uh, she had innocently, because she was in pain, she'd gone to acupuncture. And I said, no, you shouldn't have done that, really. Um, number one is nonsense. Uh, on, on the natural of it's rubbish, but behind it, behind it, there's Eastern philosophy, Easternism, chi, and all that goodness. Those words. It's very dodgy, I said. Because you did in ignorance, God is merciful, isn't he? But this person was listening to me, been in church a long time. And he said, well, I don't agree with that. I said, okay. He said, because you can, you can use it. You can take that philosophy out and use it. You know why he said that? Because he had it done. And you see, the trouble is he's taken his experience... And uh, saying you could detach them, you can't detach them. They, in, in, you, putting a needle in you doesn't make any sense unless it's on the end of a syringe with something going in. It only makes sense with the philosophy behind it, isn't it? Like yoga. Oh, it's, it's, it's well, I can't even do some of those positions, in no chance anyway. Um, but ultimately, the behind it, what is it? You've got a book across there somewhere or somewhere, uh, which really shows the spiritual behind it. And of course, we can't, you see, we, we, we point the finger, yet when it comes to we mix and match, we can be exactly the same. What about this? The proportion of practicing Christians, this is America, but more Christians there. Um, this, is, this, is, this was the statement, and this is the, their response. The only truth one can know is whatever is right for one's life. Oh, let me just say that again. The only, only truth one can know is whatever is right for one's own life. That was the statement. Six, only 60% of practicing Christians disagreed with that. So you had 40% who agreed with whatever's right for your own life is right. It wasn't much difference between the general population, actually. It was, it was split 40, 60 the other way. Sadly, we have a church that really doesn't know God's word. Not necessarily know God's word, doesn't trust God. We're 75% believe in one true God, they say. Um, but 65% don't believe there's absolutes. They ask the church, um, was the devil, um, do you agree, strongly agree, somewhat disagree, disagree strongly, the devil or Satan is not a living being, but a symbol of evil. Not real, but a symbol of evil. Born-again population replied 30% agreed with that. Ultimately, 48% either agreed that Satan, or agreed or nearly agreed, that Satan was only symbolic or they didn't know. Dear me. What about this? Next question was, um, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, 
and all other praise to the same God, even though they use different names for that God. What do you think? Born again people, 30% strongly agreed. Ultimately, there was a total of nearly 60% agreed or somewhat agreed with that statement. And then we wonder why we have no impact or no power or no fire. Because although we say we believe it, when a push comes to shove, it isn't born out in our life. Truth is only truth if it's actually lived out. John 18. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. The greatest question to the greatest person. Um, but of course, as Ravi said, the greatest mistake, he didn't, he didn't wait for the answer, did he? What is truth? The greatest question anyone could answer to the greatest person. What is truth, Jesus? Yet the Bible says if you read it, the context is he goes away to deal with the situation. Thankfully, bless the Lord, Jesus answered it for us, didn't he? Thankfully, there's no room, no wriggle room in God's word when it comes to truth and uh, salvation and knowing what we should do, knowing where should we go. And I thank the Lord for that. John 14, 1 to 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may also be. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Again, that just set, again, unmatched, unparalleled. It's either true or it's not. We can apply it, we can look at it, we can see uh, his life is all the things and real. How about these questions? So, again, well, I'll just think about these before we... Why are you a Christian? I believe because Christianity seems to work. What I've experienced leads me to feel that Christianity is true. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God for all people every time, everywhere at all times. Or I have simply made a decision that Christianity is true for me. It's a good question there. What do we think? Anyone going to put the hand over the parapet? Third one. Postmodernists, moderns would say, well, of course. Uh, now, the others are, in a sense, not wrong, but are not the right answer. 
Because the answer really is, I believe Jesus Christ is the only way to God for all people everywhere at all times, whether I feel like it, whether it seems to work, whether it's true for me. Those are not really the key and the answer. Now, we sometimes portray that and we, we give that. Let me tell you my story. Well, we've got to give our testimony because we've all got a testimony to give. But ultimately, it's true whether you believe it or not, whether I feel it or not, whether it's true for me or true for you, it doesn't matter. It is true. Jesus is still the truth. Of course, and uh, it's true for them. Ah, well, and if it's true for you, but it isn't true for me. And uh, it's a little bit patronizing, but, you know, still believe, still trust, still declare. The Christian faith is not true because it works. What do we put? Ah. It works because it's true. There we are. Great, great statement. It's not true because it works. It works because it is true. True. And all to stand on God's word. Thankfully, again, as we said before, God's word has got all the answers. And when we, we talk about mix and match and all that, when we look at the book of uh, Colossae, there was DME, there was something going on there. There was goodness knows what. It was Everything was in there. Animism, superstition, astrology, Roman and Greek gods, mysterious religions, they call that Gnosticism, Judaism, Christianity, and that had influenced the church where they, they put God so far away and they brought Jesus down uh, to sort of that demigod level and, and Paul said, whoa, 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 stop a minute now. Jesus is God in the divine come down to man. He's the one who created it. He's the one who controls it. He's the one who set it in order. Jesus is no demigod. He said he is God Almighty. And God is, of course, to get in that balance together, God is imminent. Of course, he is. But he is outside and above and beyond. Transcendent, that's the word I'm looking for. He's above and beyond. Why? Because he created it. So he's outside of it. He's outside of time and space. He's, he's greater. Yet, you know what? He's closer than my next breath. Why? Because he stepped down into time. So we can stand agone upon God's word. Hebrews 10, 19 to 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us to the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised his faith. Let us hold fast that which we profess without bending, leaning or wavering. Why are we like that? Why are we so firm now we've got to be careful that when we do present truth we don't uh, present the bible says uh, give an answer for the reason of the hope within but with meekness and gentleness um because we can sometimes and i mean i've been one of them i've been <laughs> you can armor something and uh, ultimately you, you want to win them you can win an argument but lose lose the person can you so you, you want to present truth with the love of christ Speak the truth in love. And Jesus had a wonderful way of speaking truth into people's lives. And we need to be that. We need to be firm. Why? Because Not because of us. Because he who promised is faithful. Faithful. James 1. Sister Rick. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all the world. 
Yes. Yeah, keep looking. Keep looking to him. Unstable. Not a double-minded. We're not double-minded. And we, that's when we get mix and match. Now, our takeaway for next week is this. Um, two things. When you're praying this week, ask the Lord to um, reveal to you some of those things you believe uh, that are not true. Lies you've lived out. Or truth you know, but you're not living. Because most of us know a lot of truth, don't we? But it's, it's living it. Um, and then our question next week is if we share God's nature, we are saints, we know that, that's true. That's a truism. I don't know if you've been speaking those over your life every week, every day, what you are, who you are in Christ. Why do you think that we still feel a pull to the ways of thinking and behaving that go against God's best? Why is that? Why do we still do it? Don't you, I don't know about you. Sometimes I do something thinking, what are you doing, you tupper? Nah. So we're going to look at that. And we look at the, um, obviously the world today, the world, how the world squeezes, then the flesh and the devil, how all those, our, our great enemies pressing in on us. Thanks be to God, we are overcomers. We are overcome. We have truth. The devil comes with lies. But that's why we had those statements the last few weeks to replace lies with truth. Truth speaking over our lives. Bless the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.